0: interesting topic here that absolutely concerns each and every one of us and pretty much always has in our lives and always will while we're on the earth. And it is this. Here's a question. Should we listen to everything that is said to us or about us? Good question. And does the Bible address this specifically and generally, and the answer to both of those questions is an absolute yes. So should we listen to everything that people say about us? No. In fact, listen to Ecclesiastes 7.21, speaking of the specifically addressed a uh, verse that specifically addresses this. Notice the Solomon, the wise one, said this, also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 21, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, that is implied about you, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. And then he gives one of the reasons for this. He says, verse 22, Ecclesiastes 7, for oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise has cursed others. In other words, there's two sides to this. Should we listen to everything everybody else says about us? And also we should realize that we're on the other end of that also concerning the lives of others. And that oftentimes, if we'll be honest and think about our past, we have said things about others that was not our business to be talking about. And that can enter into bearing false witness and slander and other things. So verse 21, perhaps our central verse here, we're not to take heed to everything that's spoken about us. And Adam Clark notes that this is good advice and much for every man's peace through life. True. Whenever you stop, whenever you die to what other people are saying about you, then you know God is really beginning to do a deeper work in your life. And that's what we see here in, let's take a look at some of the things that the Bible says concerning our perspective. Let's just look at one verse here, Proverbs 29, 26. Many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Every man's judgment does not come from man. It comes from the Lord. In fact, Jesus promised us that if we follow him, we're we're going to be hated by all men for his name's sake. But he that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, in order to walk in the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding, we must think on those things that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely, and of good report. And that would mean we do not listen by what is that word I like to use? It's not coming to me. So we are to listen to those things that are true, honest, just, pure, and loving and meditate upon those things and also think on those things and mull them over. That would mean, conversely, that we are not to think about and focus on or even give ear and give place to the devil and listening to people slander us. Now, when let me just talk a little bit about this. You know, when you get an email or a message or a phone call or you're sitting down talking to someone that you know by the discernment of the Holy Spirit, the discerning of spirits is one of the 9 gifts of the Spirit. And also by the primary way we discern people by their fruits. You judge them by the fruits, you discern, you know them by their fruit. If they're not a person that's given over to the Lord in the the daily cross life, you know as well as I do, they could be used by the devil to speak into other people's lives. And let's just get honest here. We've all been used by the enemy even after being saved, perhaps, some of us, to speak things about and to people. And that's what Solomon's talking about here. Notice, let's read the passage itself. It's verse 20 through 22 in Ecclesiastes 7, our main passage here in this message. For It starts off this way, For there's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sineth not. Unfortunately, even after being saved, we still have a personal will and make decisions every day. If you're like me, you have not always gone the way of the cross, the way of Christ, being dead and buried and raised up. When you're raised up by Him, and He's only going to raise up those that are crucified with Him, then the Holy Spirit is controlling your life and dictating and inspiring you to speak edification and life and rebuke and truth in the love of God and in the wisdom of God to others. But I've not always been in that place every single moment of every day since He saved me. Now maybe you have, but I've not. And so I know that I can look back on things that I've said that were were not of God, and therefore some of them of were, I could clearly see of the devil, because it violated God's word, and I had to repent and go ask that person to forgive me. So notice there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. No, that does not mean we have a license for sin. We do not. We are born again, and we're putting off the old man and putting on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3. So then he says, verse 21, also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee, for oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. And we know that would have to be coming from the flesh and the devil. Sin gives place to Satan. That's why we are to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil. That's one of the things we do with the devil. We resist him. And that transitions us into the next part of this message. Notice the let me finish that verse. For so oftentimes also, thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself has likewise cursed others. So the foot, we, there's a shoe on each foot here. We have to look at this from two angles. But the main one we're looking at today is that we're not supposed to listen to everything that everybody says about us. And young kids don't know that. They're young. They haven't developed yet. And we see reports all the time about these kids who commit suicide because they're being bullied online. And I really feel for them. And that's not a good thing, no matter what age you are. You're never to commit murder, including the murder of yourself. That's not going to end up good at all. It's going to be worse. So, But I do empathize with them that at such a young age, they're being bombarded with hatred, and it seems larger than life because their enemies are doing this online. So what are we to do with the devil? First of all, we are to submit ourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil. That's one of the things we're to do with the devil. We are to resist the devil. James 4 verse 7. And it says he will flee from you. Why? Because you're submitted to God. You've repented. You've confessed every sin. You're clean. And God looks at your present state, and so does Satan. That's why when the sin is out of your life, so is the foothold of Satan is closed. The door is closed on him. He has no foothold. Satan only has a foothold when we're living in sin. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we have the promise of God that Satan will flee from us, and we can resist the devil. Also, and I think this one applies most directly to our topic today. Should we listen to everything that is spoken about us? Ephesians 4 27, neither give place to the devil. That's a command. Neither give place to the devil. So if you're hearing, you're getting an email from somebody, you're getting a message from somebody, you're getting a text, you're getting a phone call, you're sitting down with somebody and you know them not to be a- uh, walking with the Lord at that moment. The fruit of their life shows that they are not in an abiding relationship with Christ. They're not acting and speaking according to the word of God. You are not to give place to those devils, to that devil, to the devil speaking through them. Remember, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, and he's come down with great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. Verse 12, and in verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of a lamb, but by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. And the testimony is what God has done in your life in saving you, and washing. Away all your sins and setting your feet upon a solid rock, Himself, and teaching you the Word of God by which you discern all others. You discern yourself and you discern others. And you're not to give place to the devil, neither give place to the devil. And you know people by their fruits, you discern them by their fruits. Jesus commanded us to be fruit inspectors, otherwise He wouldn't have said, By their fruits you shall know them. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 and 20. You are to discern people buy the fruits. And when people are lashing out at you, when they're using curse words, you know that that's not God, that's Satan. You know, uh, Peter had backslidden when he had denied Christ and he used curse words while trying to convince those that were accusing him that he was one of Jesus's disciples. Matthew 16, and Jesus said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. I believe there's a twofold meaning there. He's talking to Peter, but he's also talking to the devil that is influencing Peter, and in that case, he was trying to influence Jesus not to do the will of God, which was to go to the cross. Anybody flattering your flesh and not telling you to go to the cross, you to go to the cross in your Christian life, telling you that you need to die according to Jesus, lay down your life, be crucified with Christ, dead and buried so that he raises you up, is a get thee behind me Satan person. Isn't that interesting? So get thee behind me Satan. Jesus discerned that it was Satan influencing Peter, even though Peter, watch this curveball here. Even though Peter had just said, Lord, thou art the Christ, the son of a living God, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. In the next breath, Jesus is telling Peter, who is trying to cause him not to do what the Father sent him to do, what his mission was on earth, go to the cross. He's trying to deter Jesus from going to the cross. And Jesus says, now he discerns that it's Satan now, not the Father, but Satan that is now influencing and speaking through Peter. And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, so one of the main topics and, and things of importance here is discernment. And we discern primarily by the Word of God, just like the Bereans who weighed everything Paul was speaking out of his mouth, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12, 34. They were discerning and judging Paul by what he was speaking. I've had people say, how do you know that about me? You know, when they get rebuked, you know, you you don't even know me. And, and I normally say, I know exactly who you are and what you're saying. By what you're saying, you're speaking, for example, in certain instances, false teaching, false doctrine. So that's, it reveals to us exactly who you are, because we know you by your fruit. And if your fruit is another gospel and false doctrine, that which contradicts what the Word of God says, then we know exactly who you are. You are of the devil, and you need to repent. Discernment, primarily by the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of truth as you study it daily, you're a in it. You're devouring it daily. You're going to be able to rightly devour the word of truth. And that has everything in the world to do with discerning. And I encourage you friends to, let's see, let me read this verse. It's going to be Ezekiel chapter 44 verse 23. So make sure you're, you're in. In primarily you should be studying God's word all for yourself. That's what Paul told Timothy. And that's what God tells us through that verse, 2 Timothy 2, 15. You study. Study to show yourself. You study. Don't depend on any else. Know God for yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman. It takes work. It is the most rewarding work there is on the planet, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divided, nor of truth. And that's what we see here in Ezekiel 44, 23. When we listen to other men teach the Bible, we better discern them, including you better discern me by what I'm saying and by my fruit. And they shall teach my people, Ezekiel writes. That is, the true under-shepherds of the Lord will teach my people the difference. There is a difference between the holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. So men are to teach, godly men will teach discernment. And the way we discern it, and the way we rightly divide the word of truth, not only in learning the Bible, but in learning who's speaking it or who's twisting it is by studying the word. It's the word of God primarily. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. The primary way God leads his New Testament saints and church is through the Holy Scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the scriptures are given for four divine purposes, for correction, to correct us, for doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. That's how we're led. We're led by the word of God, not by somebody's word. We look at the word. We're not impressed with a word. That's why all these so-called prophetic flakes are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They have a mere form of godliness, but they deny the power of because they want, they're not in the word. They're looking for a word from some false prophet, whom Satan will use to accommodate these people that are seeking for an experience, and A word instead of the word. When you love the Lord, when you know the Lord, you're seeking His word from Genesis to Revelation. That's the word, the more, 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 more sure word of prophecy. Peter said, 2 Peter chapter 1. So we're to teach people to discern between the unclean and the clean. We're to learn and help others to know the difference, to teach my people the difference between the holy and profane. Jesus had the to tongue of the learned, he knew the bitter and the sweet. Isaiah seven, I believe it's verse fifteen. By his study of the scriptures, even as a young boy, he profoundly confounded the teachers of the law that heard him speak, because he was speaking, he was studying and in the word of God and speaking it. And Jesus discerned right before he was going to go to the cross that Peter was speaking by the mouth of Satan, if you will, under the influence of him who is the accuser of the brethren. And Romans 8 says that we are Jesus's brethren. And so Jesus discerned that Peter was accusing the capital B brother, Jesus. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. So are we to listen to people when we know we've discerned clearly that they are not walking in the spirit? No, do not give it any place, beloved. Neither give place to the devil. You and I both know if we're over, if you can listen to this message as even a child, you know that it wounded you deeply when somebody has spoken things about you. Right? Right. Remember Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. Listen to it. The words of a talebearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. I would imagine that every one of us has been affected even in our lives. lives Now we're affected by what others have spoken about us in the past. And may God deliver us from giving ear and giving place to the devil through the Words that have been spoken under the influence of sin and Satan. These words are wounding. They're wounds. Listen, the words of a talebearer, somebody who slanders, are as wounds. They and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Interesting. And yet we also know that Jesus, Psalm 147, 3, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. So Jesus brings healing to those wounds. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't mean we should listen to those wounding words. Listen to Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 22. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. It's a pretty much a repeat of Proverbs 18, 8. So these are wounding <laughs> words, and we're to take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Now there are words that we should listen to. We should be honest and listen to the words of those who are walking in the Spirit. Listen, faithful are the wounds of a friend, right? But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 27, verse 6. So a true friend, and you will be able to discern who this person is or these people as they speak in our lives, throughout our lives. They're faithful. We have a sense of honesty and realization of our error, our mistakes, our sins, and our faults when somebody of a godly nature speaks to us. And those faithful are those wounds. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, a true friend, a godly friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So we are to give, neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. We are to resist the devil. James 4, 7. And with those governing truths, biblical truths in mind, we are not to listen to everything everyone has to say about us. That's counterproductive to your abiding relationship with Jesus. We need to know what Jesus is saying to us. Jesus himself may be rebuking us right now. The person slandering you may be correct about what they said about you, but they don't know and haven't, because they're living in an ungodly fashion, discern that you've already repented of that. You've already confessed that sin. And so who would it be that would be digging that sin up after it's already under the blood of Jesus? Well, the Bible tells us exactly would way. First of all, sin and Satan are at the core of uh, every single sin and every evil influence upon the earth. Let's listen to the words of Proverbs chapter to seventeen, listen. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Now, isn't that interesting? So maybe I-, I need to discern myself in this matter. If I'm prone to give an ear to false lips, this applies even to us. I've never even seen this before till now. We're not to give ear. To false lips about us or somebody else. I've always viewed this verse as being, I'm not to listen to slander against another brother. That is absolutely true about this verse. But what about ourselves? Perhaps there's something in us that's not made whole and that we need to confess and bring before the Lord that causes us to give ear to false lips. Listen to this. A wicked doer giv- giveth heed listens to false lips and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. So people that hear slander and don't stop it right there, but go ahead and listen and buy into it and give place to it. What does the Bible say they are right here in Proverbs 17, 4? A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips. They're a wicked doer. They're wicked themselves. If not, then why would they have received that slander against you or somebody else? The Bible identifies them as wicked doers, that they would even give ear to that. Somebody says, well, I had a friend and they were turned against me by somebody else. Well, the facts, seems to be that that wasn't really your friend, and you really just got delivered to somebody that was a Judas in your life, It was a traitor, a secret enemy with the name of Sam Ballot. Him and Tobiah were the enemies of the beloved Nehemiah. Secret enemy. You and I probably both have secret enemies. That's the worst kind. Not the foreign, but the domestic. We know that from looking at our government. The worst enemies are those that are working right in the midst. Not China, not Russia. The Communists, the evildoers work it within the government. A little leaven, leaven's a whole lump, and that leaven is within the bread, if you will. It's in the loaf. Jesus' most vile enemy was a traitor within. His name was Judas, the most wicked character in the Bible. But the spirit of Antichrist is a subversive spirit. While pretending to represent Christ, the spirit of Antichrist or the Antichrist people subvert the doctrine and the truth of Christ. That's the most insidious enemy enemy we can face. is the enemy within. Okay, so also, we're to be sober. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, 9. We're to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, who's our adversary? The devil. That's why Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, identifying the evil spirit, the devil, that was influencing him, because Peter had given place to the devil. Be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy, excuse me, your adversary, the devil, Peter identifies on. Holy Spirit does, that our adversary is the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. We are to resist him in the faith. And how does the faith come? The faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's how you discern. Your faith is built on your knowledge of the Word of God. And a man of knowledge will increase strength. Proverbs 24, 5. He will go from faith to faith. He will go from glory to glory and from strength to strength. You can look those. Up, those are all biblical. Faith to faith, look it up. Strength to strength, and glory to glory. Whom resist, that is the devil, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That's First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians 6 is speaking about putting on the whole armor of God. And it says in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we're going to be able to, and we're commanded here to stand against. Against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. And that probably above all things would include people speaking evil things about you. But we need to be dead in our lives, hid with Christ and God. Colossians 3.3, 3, setting our affection on things above, not on the things of the earth, which would include not setting your affection upon or giving ear to all the things that are spoken against you. We probably all can surmise that a lot of things that are said about us today or this week or this month will not be good things. But is that God? God speaking all those things? No, no. That person would probably come to you if that was the case to try to help you if they were led by the Spirit. Okay, we're to stand against the wiles of the devil, including the words spoken about us. That's what Jesus did when he told Satan and Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He discerned that as a while and scheme of the devil to get him not to go to the cross. See, what does that say of all these pastors that never teach the cross? Not only Christ's cross, but they're not telling you, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. They don't want to tell you that because a lot of people don't want to hear the cross, and that's not going to build their church business. You see, that's going to run folk off. They're not real, folks. These are the false prophets we were warned about. We need to discern. Stop right now and today and start mulling over these pastors that you're sitting under or listening to. Are they teaching that you must be crucified with Christ? For 99.9% of the cases, the answer is no. Am I being rude? I don't think so. I just never hear the cross. Do you? It's almost completely absent from the modern gospel, quote-unquote pastors. But it's still the will of God. It's still the word of God. We're still accountable for it. And when you get in the word for yourself, you're going to start scratching your head and saying, whoa, whoa man, why isn't this being preached? Why isn't that being preached? Persecution, holiness, the cross, judgment to come, hell, etc." So in Ephesians 6, it says we're to put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Also, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith... You You shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And what are those words that are being spoken about you? What are they? They're fiery darts of the enemy. And he's using people to speak and to issue forth. But as you take up the shield of faith, you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And all of this is anchored in the crucified life, folks. Ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When your life is hid with Christ in God, you're not worried about what anybody, he says, except God primarily. And then if he sends one of his people to admonish or or to rebuke you, you're there to listen to God through them. But all of these other things, no, you're not to give heed to them. That is our main verse in this message. It's Ecclesiastes 7, 21. Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. That's the, the Lord telling you, don't listen to what everybody else is saying about you. Listen to what I'm saying about you. I'm the great shepherd of sheep. I bought, you with my blood. Follow me. I love you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8. And what is the list of things Paul gives there? Let's see. Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at and read as we come nearer to the close of this message. Saints, Romans chapter 8. Nay, in all these things, we are, well, let's start here in verse 33. Ah, here we go. This brings together the whole message. Listen to this. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, what does that tell us? There are people trying to lay false charges to God's elect, just like they did with Jesus by falsely accusing him and lying about him all the way through his life and all the way to the cross. And all the way after the cross, they tried to lie about him being raised from the dead. Do you remember that in the gospels? In fact, they paid money to the guards. The Pharisees did. It was the religious people. And it's probably religious people that are saying things bad about you and me and laying these charges to God's elect. You're God's elect if you're in Christ. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You see, the Lord is your judge, saints, and we're to be primarily concerned about what he says of us. Do you think David received persecution after he had done his sin? This is the king of Israel. This is later to be said that he is the man after God's heart the only man in history in scripture history scriptural biblical history it's a, has it ever been said that he was a man after mine own heart the Lord said that but yet David's sin this this goes for you and me this fits our lives perfectly because we've sinned and David was horrendously attacked and charged in second Samuel chapter 16 a man named Shimei, he cursed David this was after David was already forgiven remember David's sin was in second Samuel 6 11. So that's where this all begins. His sin with Bathsheba, and then committing adultery with her, a married woman, and then having her husband killed, and then trying to cover it up, etc. And Shimei goes and tries to dig up from under the blood, if you will, David's sin that God had already forgiven. And he cursed. And it came out. And remember the verse we read in Proverbs 17 4 that an ungodly man diggeth up evil. That's what you got going on here. Shimei and anybody who digs up evil tries to reach. Under the blood and pull out a sin that you committed in the past. That's why, one of the reasons why we need to not listen to everything spoken against us, as our main text in Ecclesiastes tells us. Notice, come out, he says. He cursed David. Come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou child or man of Belial, you child of the devil. Wow. So he's bringing up all his past sins and just rubbing it in his face. Now, the way David dealt with that, I guess David was a captive audience, so he had to hear that by the physical proximity of this man named Shimei, who walked upon the ledge, if you read that chapter, where David and his men were. In fact, one of his mighty men said, let me take him out, my Lord. He requested to David to be able to let him go kill Shimei, but David said, no, 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 let him curse, and that the Lord was going to bless David for this man's cursing. It's a fascinating chapter there, 2 Samuel 16. This man's cursing in, uh, was going to cause blessings to come upon David. And that's another perspective we should behold in this matter of people speaking evil against us, which Jesus promised, and it was going to be because we are his, and therefore he's going to bless us even more when they do that, not only in heaven, but now Jesus said that when you're persecuted for Him, his sake, rejoice for great, not small, but great is your reward in heaven. But it's also here. Recently, I did a podcast message uh, called, Aren't You Glad God is the Judge and Not Man? God is merciful, man. And David knew that. When David was given three choices of what he was to suffer after he had sinned, he chose the one that was going to involve God, not men. And this is a great message. Look it up in the search box. It's called, Aren't You Glad? If you just put those three words in there, it'll come up. And I'll go ahead and post it at the bottom of this post. Here on the on the site, and it's called, Aren't You Glad That God is the judge and not man? In 2 Samuel 16, David knew some things we don't know yet, perhaps. Perhaps we're beginning to learn them, but we can learn them from David, from the Lord. That's why it's in the Bible. And so when this guy started cursing David for his past sin, and David was a captive audience, sometimes we're gonna have to listen to what people have to say about us because we have no choice. They're gonna say it to us, right? And we're right there. But there are times when we're gonna have the choice. If somebody sends you this fire email, fiery email or message of through whatever communication link, and you know that that person is not being led by the Holy Spirit, they're enraged, and they're, the fruit of the whole thing is really ugly. It's very obvious when the devil is inspiring somebody to, the accuser of the brother himself is inspiring somebody to speak cursings and bad things about you. Even if they're true but already forgiven, that's still slander. And so, and I encourage you to cut them off. Stop it. Don't read it. Delete it. And then Go into your spam or your trash box and and just delete it. You're going to feel a relief. Don't give ear to everything everybody has to say of you. That's what we're reading. That's our main text in Ecclesiastes. And so David said this when he was cursed by Shimei. He told his mighty men, let him alone and let him curse. Okay, God's got a purpose for all these things. For the Lord hath bidden him, he has allowed him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requit, will repent pay me good for his cursing this day. So the Lord was going to reward David for enduring this, this cursing. Now what does it mean that the Lord had bidden him? The Lord allowed him. See, we all have to reap what we have sown. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. So we read of David in 2 Samuel that he brought great harm upon himself for allowing himself, for sinning against God. And this same book, 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 14, Howbeit, because by this deed, he's talking to David, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. So David had to reap what he sowed. And the first child is now in heaven, praise God, that was conceived in Bathsheba due to her adultery with David and his adultery with her, this child was going to die. And great occasion to the enemies he had given. Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies. So we also have to take into accountability on a personal level that sins that we've committed, even after being saved, just like the cases illustrated here, David, the king of Israel, man of God, man after God's own heart, great occasion. Thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, no matter what, even if we're forgiven as we confess and repent return to the Lord, we still have to reap what we have sown. So David was reaping. And one of the things he was reaping in 2 Samuel 16 was the attack of this enemy specifically that had been given great occasion to blaspheme the Lord and to attack his servant David. And this guy was cursing David. And also mixed in there is the fact that God was going to bless David. I don't fully understand that, but it's Bible. When you're persecuted for the Lord, even if you had given occasion to the enemy to do such, David said the Lord was going to bless him because of the cursing of Shimei. Second Samuel 16, don't you just love the Lord? None of us are worthy saints, not one of us, outside of Christ. He makes us worthy. When we're in him, we are worthy. Notice Psalm, what is it, 130, right? Verse 3, what does that say? If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, the psalmist writes, my soul doth wait. In his word do I put my hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say, more than they that watch for the morning, let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So let's finish up in Romans 8 where we were reading. Notice, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. See, God, the Lord did not stop making intercession for David because he had sinned. And it was a gross series of sins, as we know. And later God calls him the man after mine own heart, Acts 13, 22. What about Peter? Peter denied Jesus three times. And yet days later, Peter, forgiven and filled with the Spirit, was then Preaching to five thousand people and they got saved and then three I think it was three thousand and then five thousand people at Pentecost got saved. Eight thousand people. That brings to remembrance a message also that we did recently. It's a podcast called You Really Think God Can't Use You? Question Mark. And it goes through a series of men and women who had sinned against God or had deficiencies of various sorts who God used mildly because they were available. They were willing to let Him work with them, and He worked with them through their perceived weaknesses. Notice verse thirty-five, Romans eight: Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Tell me, who is going to separate you from the love of Christ? God is love. Now, this doesn't mean that sin won't separate you from Christ, the life of Christ. But He's talking to believers that are in Christ. Are you? Have you been born again, and are you presently abiding in Christ? If you are, that's a yes and a yes, who is it that's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No, nothing can separate you from his love. He's with you. I will never leave thee and nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither to death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Saints, I want to encourage you as we close here, don't give heed to everything everybody's saying about you. Shut it down, close it off, block it off, block it out. You know what to do. Okay. The Bible says a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject them. When some people have done some message just recently about this. When people don't like what the Bible says and you're, you know, such a criminal that you're actually telling them what the Bible says, uh-huh, they're going to attack you viciously. They're going to come glued on you and start making all kinds of personal attacks. That's a person that needs to be cut off. Titus 3, 10 and 11. They're subverted and they're living in sin, it says right there. And you are to reject them. That means cut them off, block them, put them on spam, delete, do not read. Don't put that stuff in your mind. Think only on those things that are true on sister and Love it. Now, let me say this. We're not talking about about being in denial about something that needs to be corrected in your life. And God will send people if we won't listen, just like he did in the case of David. David wouldn't listen, apparently, to God, his word or his conviction on David's heart. So God had to send Nathan to rebuke David. And David, it resulted in David repenting, praise God, and re- and returning to the Lord and being re- refreshed and forgiven. And again, faithful are the wounds of a friend. That's a different situation. you got to discern. Most of the people I find that speak into my life, being in ministry, like on social media or something. They're not speaking good. They get upset because, you you know, you're exposing Jezebel from the Bible. You're exposing the eternal security heresy. You're exposing Hebrew roots garbage. You're exposing Calvinism and all these uh, Seventh-day Adventism, you know, Sabbath worship. You know, those people have, uh, first of all, notice seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They've bought into the... doctrines of devils. They made that choice to believe against the Word of God, to reject the Word of God for whatever it is, when those systems or one of those heresies I just mentioned, or any other. And therefore, they've got demons. Because notice 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, quotes: seducing spirits, that's demons, and doctrines of devils. They go hand in hand. And when you buy the doctrines, because you've been seduced, and now you got a devil in your life. So are those spe- people speaking godly things? No, not at all. They are under the influence. They're possessed by the accuser of the brethren himself, Revelation 12, 10, who has come down to give, to do great, bring great, Wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. And he wants to do that wrath on you. You need to be wise and hold up the shield of faith and give no place to the devil. Resist the devil, the Bible says. Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the whole armor of God, armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. That's Ephesians 6. Let me close with this one. It pretty much confirms it goes with our main verse today, and that would be Ecclesiastes 7, 21, which says, also take no heed unto all words that are spoken. Don't give ear to everything that's said about you, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. And in Proverbs 14, 7, as we close, go from the presence of a foolish man, when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. There it is again. Go from him, get away from him, avoid him, and stay away from a man. When you perceive not in him, when the words he's speaking are revealing that he's wicked, is out of the abundance of the heart... <laughs> mouth that's proverbs 14 7 go from the presence get away from reject avoid don't be around go from, from the presence of a man a foolish man how do you know he's spoke when thou perceivest not him in him the lips of knowledge when somebody is not speaking the word or speaking according to the word of god and is speaking contrary to the word of god you know that you are to go from that person's presence god bless you saints may god protect you and keep you in all your ways and teach you his wisdom and multiply his beautiful grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to your life and may your heart be established with His grace. Hebrews 13, 9. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Also, please pray for the ministry and for the supply and the fruitfulness of this outreach. God bless you, friends. Thank you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember there's hundreds of more Christ centered, scripture rich, edifying podcasts on Safeguard Your soul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month. And your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card PayPal or Patreon and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world and may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ Christ draws nigh, and we say together in the words of Revelation 22 Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.